0: Lincolnshire LMC, supporting Lincolnshire's general practices to provide great care. So, welcome back, um, all of our listeners, to the next installment in our Lincolnshire Liver Pathways uh, series today. We are talking about um, non alcoholic fatty liver disease, and we're joined again by Dr. Shridharan, who's very kindly joining us to go through the uh, pathways in, in a lot of detail. So, we've gone through Um, a number of different pathways now and we're talking about NAFLD and so Dr Sridharan thank you so much for joining us again Um, and uh, I'll hand over to you to talk us through this NAFLD pathway.
1: Thank you so much uh, Lucy and hi everyone Uh, if you have been on our previous pathways um, we hope uh, it um, gave you a better understanding and also some clarity on the referral pathways of patients with the uh, risk for chronic liver fibrosis um, and and a kind of an integrated care and monitoring uh, as well as management of these patients between uh, primary and secondary care without uh, much of a hassle. Now, in, in this particular pathway, we are going to look at non-alcoholic fatty liver, which is uh, probably a, a paradigm shift in uh, the way we look at liver diseases. <clears throat> yes, of course, we knew that alcohol Um, is a major cause of uh, chronic liver disease, cirrhosis and decompensation, but non-alcoholic fatty liver um, is present in, or the risk is present in 25% of the population, and that is one in four people. To put things in perspective, patients can have abnormal liver biochemistry uh, in about uh, four to 5% of uh, the population. That is one in 20 people walking on the road. And the majority of those uh, patients with abnormal low biochemistry with no symptoms have non-alcoholic fatty liver. So uh, it is uh, of absolute importance that these patients get picked up for the risk of fibrosis and monitoring of fibrosis, even though we do not have a, a licensed medication as treatment for them. But uh, we do know from um, the existing evidence that uh, weight reduction of up to 10 percent of body weight uh, with um, diet and exercise alone over a period of six to 12 months it does slow down the fibrosis in the liver in these patients. <clears throat> so it is clearly a modifiable uh, process and uh, hence it is important to uh, assess the scarring in the liver. Now again the, the number of people who have Uh, this condition is huge and obviously we cannot offer them any invasive or any other interventional test for this uh, in the population on a regular basis in any kind of health system and hence we have been on the lookout for less invasive -invasive, non-invasive blood tests and other markers um, to assess the, the initial risk of patients having non-alcoholic fatty liver. And that is what we're going to uh, go through in this pathway uh, to be undertaken in the community uh, before they require more sophisticated investigations. Now, there are three ways that non-alcoholic fatty liver patients are going to come into contact with uh, healthcare clinicians, particularly in primary care. Uh, There are people who would have had an ultrasound scan for a variety of reasons, and that would have shown increased reflectivity in the liver, which is most commonly fat, but fibrosis also can give rise to that. But the commonest reason of increased reflectivity in the liver parenchyma is because of fatty liver. And if you do have an incidental finding of fatty liver on ultrasound, the second pathway is they would have had blood tests and that would have shown an abnormal liver biochemistry uh, for which an underlying cause is not clear. And the third reason uh, why fatty liver would come across uh, any clinician's practice is patients who are at risk for metabolic syndrome. And those are patients with a high body mass index of more than 30 patients who have hypertension, patients who have type 2 diabetes and in a proportion of patients who has the full set of metabolic syndrome, who would have uh, hyper and also they would have gout. And so... If any of these um, groups of patients or any of uh, any of the patients who belong to these three groups, then it is important to assess their risk of having fatty liver and also risk of fibrosis because of that fatty liver. So if the patient has abnormal liver biochemistry, we would probably say, just follow the abnormal liver biochemistry pathway, which would take you all the way down to how they get scanned uh, with the fibrous scan if it is required. But if the patient has um, a fatty liver on ultrasound, it's pro- whether they have abnormal liver biochemistry or not, they do have a fatty liver. And these are the patients who would need a FIB4 score measured. And a FIB4 score is a simple test which is based on age, AST, ALT, and platelet count. And this could be requested through the biochemistry and full blood count form that you use uh, to request any test and just request Fib4. And you would get the results and also the interpretation of the same. Now, for anyone who is less than 65 years of age, 1.3 or more of Fib4 requires further fibrosis assessment. For people age 65 or over, fip 4 score reading of two or more requires further fibrosis assessment. So if they have fib 4 score and if they are less than the threshold for further fibrosis assessment they would need primary care management of NAFLD and metabolic syndrome and that is in the first instance reassuring the patient that they don't have any significant fibrosis in the liver they should aim a 10% weight reduction with diet and exercise over a period of six to 12 months. It is imperative that their cardiovascular risk factors are optimized, to control treatment of the hyperlipidemia. And a very important uh, point to note here is there is no contraindications for statins, even if they had abnormal liver biochemistry. And the same stopping rules will apply when they are commenced on statins, and that is given in the BNF. It is important to moderate their ethanol intake. And for patients who have had a FIP4 score of less than the threshold, should be offered a repeat FIP4 score in three years. Now, for patients who have had a FIP4 score which are higher than the threshold. They should be referred for a FibroScan through the direct access FibroScan referral form. Now, once they've had the FibroScan, the results will get back to the referrer. And if the FibroScan shows a liver elasticity of less than eight kilopascals, they should be reassured that there is no evidence of liver fibrosis and they should be offered a repeat fit4 score after three years, but with primary care management to reduce weight of 10% by diet and exercise over a period of six to 12 months, along with optimization of cardiovascular and cerebrovascular risk factors, control of hypertension and type two diabetes, as well as hyperlipidemia and moderation of ethanol intake. Now, if the fiber scan shows a liver elasticity between 8.1 and 12.5, they might have some, some uh, fibrosis in their liver, if not advanced fibrosis or cirrhosis. And in those groups of patients, it would be important to seek an advice and guidance from gastroenterology attaching the NAFLD referral form. The decision is likely to depend on individual patients, Say, for example, a patient with a fibroscan of 8.5 will not have the same decision as somebody with a fibroscan of 11.5. In patients, however, who have a fibroscan showing a liver elasticity of more than 12.5 kilopascals, these are likely to be advanced fibrosis, if not cirrhosis, and they would merit a liver biopsy. And these are the patients who need to be referred to hepatology using the NAFLD. Um, referral form. Now, going back all the way, the third route where you are actually going to encounter patients are the patients with risk of metabolic syndrome, that is type 2 diabetes, hypertension. They're completely asymptomatic. uh, They've not had an ultrasound scan. uh, They've had normal tests. Now, these patients are at risk for um, non-alcoholic fatty liver, so it would be important to check their liver biochemistry even if they had not had that before. If the liver biochemistry is abnormal, follow the liver biochemistry abnormal liver biochemistry pathway. Either it is cholestatic or it is parenchymal; doesn't matter. Follow that pathway. If the liver biochemistry is normal, now this is where the first step of dealing with a 25% population at risk. Not everybody can have a fibroscan. So the, the first is to assess a little bit more in detail of their risk. And the test that we recommend, which is a validated test called the fatty liver index. And the fatty liver index is a complex equation taking into account uh, one's body mass index, their waist circumference, gamma GT, and triglyceride levels. So these need to be requested and measured in the GP surgery, and a fatty liver index need to be calculated and our backstage colleagues are uh, working hard to incorporate this directly in your emis system one um, for you to access these results which might self-populate the equation uh, but they are working hard on that at this stage so it will be a little bit more clear but there are a a number of websites which will give you uh, an automatic calculation if you enter the readings of these four parameters in, uh, uh, in online platforms And if the fatty liver index is more than 60, these are the patients who would require further uh, fibrosis assessment. And these patients would go on to have a FIB4 score and so on and so forth as the previous two groups. If the fatty liver index is less than 60, they should be reassured and offered repeat fatty liver index in five years. But in the meanwhile, it would be prudent to inform the patient that they are at risk, and they would work on their modifying the risk factors. In any case, at this stage. Thank you.
0: So, just a, a question about the fatty liver index. I'm just thinking, um, GPs, practice nurses, AMPs that might be listening might be wondering, um, you know, how do we kind of identify these patients? Should we be um, you know, doing it on all of our diabetic patients? Should we be doing it on all of our patients over a certain BMI or is it should it be opportunistic? What What would you recommend?
1: Yeah, um, um, anybody you think could have a fi- uh, metabolic syndrome, I would do it. Yeah. And um, because it is actually a simple test to do and to just flag up a risk factor, uh, and I, I know in primary care, you would be having so many of these uh, flags coming up for so many things, it is extremely difficult. But because this is fairly um, highly prevalent, uh, it becomes important to pick out those people who are at particular risk.
0: Okie dokie. That certainly gives um, gives us a lot to think about, and um, you know certainly you've you've talked a lot about the um, you know that twenty five percent is a huge prevalence of this disease. And, um, you know, it, it stands to reason that there'll be patients that should be re-stratified that maybe aren't being or um, certainly gives practices some things to think about. Um, OK, thank you so much for talking through that. And, it, you know, it certainly is it helpful to go through again with specifically with regards to the fibroscan uh, results and what to do with them and um, how to how to manage the, some of these patients in primary care. It's quite um, comprehensive in terms of what we do with these patients if their FIB-4 score is under that threshold. So thank you so much.
1: Absolutely, and, and this is the most difficult group of patients for you to um, uh, pick up and um, keep keep a tab on <clears throat> because they are going to be completely asymptomatic, and we are actually subjecting them to various kind of levels of um, testing and monitoring and following up, uh, and that is because. We do not have the tool to identify the at-risk patients uh, in a more uh, straightforward way. Yeah. And which is why we have to go through these uh, hoops, I'm afraid, at this stage.
0: Yeah, absolutely. Certainly a lot to be thinking about and um, discussions, I'm sure, will start happening in practices about about these patients and um, what to do, how to identify them and um, how to make sure that they're getting uh, all the appropriate tests done. Thank you so much for listening today. Be sure to subscribe and follow us on Facebook, Twitter and Instagram.